0: And welcome to Wellness Bites with Gauri, where we discuss topics related to Ayurveda, nutrition, and wellness. The purpose of this podcast is to create awareness about how we can bring our bodies back into balance with wellness. Each episode of Wellness Bites contains wonderful information on foods that heal Ayurveda, nutrition for mind and body, health and well-being through this platform we will be inviting health and wellness experts sharing their wisdom and professionals from our community to share their mantra for fitness hi i'm your host gauri junarkar founder of Ion nutrition inviting you to get inspired by these talks to work towards your self-care stay tuned and keep listening to wellness bites with gauri So welcome to our Wellness Bites with Gauri uh, show and I'm so excited that we have a wonderful guest today and she's a wonderful health and wellness expert. So let me introduce our guest for today, which is Dr. Vani Kotha. So Dr. Uh, Kota, welcome to our show today.
1: Thank you, Gauri. Thank you for the nice uh, introduction and uh, thanks for welcoming me to the show. So mm-hmm. it's nice to... Um, see a familiar
0: face and uh, talk about what I like the most. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Kotha. And let me talk a little more about, um, you know, what is uh, Dr. Kotha's uh, background and thing and what she does. So Dr. Kotha has uh, an MD, FACE. She's a board certified endocrinologist in private practice in Bedford, Texas for the past 13 years. She graduated medical school from Osmania Medical College, Hyderabad, with honors. She completed internal medicine residency at UMD NGA Morrison Town Memorial Hospital in New Jersey. She then completed a fellowship in endocrinology at UT Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas. She has been awarded top doctor distinction by Fort Worth Magazine five years in a row. She has extensive experience in a variety of endocrinology disorders with a special interest in diabetes management Targeting dietary and lifestyle aspects, she also has a large population with insulin pumps and con- continuous glucose monitoring, and keeps uh, up to date with the latest technology. She's married with two children, enjoys spending time traveling and reading books. So that's wonderful. I'm really glad to uh, know, uh, Dr. Kotha, that you know for five years you've been awarded the best doctor in you know in the Fort Worth magazine. So that's absolutely great to know so uh, dr kotha uh, tell me more about tell me more about yourself about your story and what is made what made you come into this field
1: sure so as you have introduced um, i uh, graduated from medical school in india back in 1999 so Uh, growing up, I was always interested in the life sciences, you know, how things work, how living beings and living organisms function. So it's always been an interest. And uh, an interesting tidbit here is my grandfather, my on my maternal side, he uh, was very well versed with the naturopathy. So Mm. he would, he was very uh, uh, well versed in that field, although he was not a doctor, he used to follow all the natural cures and remedies, and he lived up to the age of 100. And with full health until he uh, died about ten years ago. So, um, following his uh, footsteps, I was always always interested in health and wellness, and so naturally it was my inclination to become a doctor. Um, on my father's side, my dad, my grandfather uh, was a diabetic, and unfortunately he succumbed to diabetes-related. So when I was in medical school, I made the decision that uh, if I were to specialize that I would take the field of endocrinology. So it's uh, all the life circumstances you know, that drive you to a specific field. So that's what happened in my
0: case okay okay that's that's nice to know um, dr kotha that you know you had you know, your grand, your grandfather was there and that you know he had you know a lot of inclination towards naturopathy and then you have a lot of inclination towards the life life, life cycle and things like that so that's that's wonderful to uh, know about um, that as well so um, tell me dr kotha what makes dr vani kotha unique
1: So uh, when I started practice, what I noticed is patients get more connected if you talk to them about their life and uh, their uh, history and their complications more than the medicine itself. So uh, while in medical school, we learn about the science of medicine. But when we start practicing, we see that there is more to medicine. There is the art of medicine and that mm-hmm. art of connection and communication. So sometimes a full visit goes by just talking about the patient and their hardships and whatever they have faced is mm-hmm. more important than how their control has been. So. Mm-hmm of the dialogue is gone we're just trying to understand them and I feel that connection is very important because then the patient's trust starts trusting you mm. so they they feel that this is not a doctor who just you know listens to my blood sugars and my medications writes some prescriptions and sends me home no this patient this doctor is trying to understand what I am all about mm. and that connection and communication I feel is really important because unfortunately life uh, diabetes is a lifelong disease mm. and Patients want a doctor who will hold their hands for Mm. a long time. So that trust and communication, I feel, is the art of medicine. And over the years, I find that um, that is what connects me to patients.
0: That's wonderful, Dr. You know, especially when you mentioned that the art of medicine, and that is definitely so important and definitely so important that you connect to the patient and the patient feels comfortable talking to you and understanding that, you know, here is somebody that who really really will listen to my, you know, my situation and understand what it is. So that is absolutely, I, I love that line that you said, the art of medicine. Absolutely. Okay. So, one of the things that always keeps coming in, um, because again, you have a background with, um, you know, you're an endocrinologist and especially you're interested in diabetes. One of the things that always comes in is that, you know, what is the difference between, you know, type one diabetes? What's the difference between what is type two diabetes? You know, is one better than the other? Sure. In fact, this came up with a new patient I saw just today. (laughs) Okay.
1: Diabetic for 20 years and she's on insulin so i asked her so you're a type 2 diabetic and because that's what written on her chart and she said doc i don't know i'm insulin dependent so tell me am i type 1 or type 2 so i explained to her and that's what i will tell you mm-hmm. so the the basic premise is is your pancreas working or not mm-hmm. so in a type two diabetic the pancreas is completely not working if we were to measure B peptide which, which is a measure of pancreatic insulin production mm-hmm. it will be in type one. Then the etiology of uh, type one is mostly an autoimmune disorder. So Mm -hmm. it it starts suddenly in most patients and uh, the pancreas, the beta cells of the pancreas, which make the insulin are completely shut off. You know, they stop working, they're destroyed. So that Mm -hmm. makes a patient type one diabetic uh, insulin dependent for life, meaning that if they don't get insulin, If they don't take insulin, they will die. So it is really a life-threatening disorder for those patients who are totally insulin-dependent. Now, on the other hand, type 2 diabetes is a multifactorial disorder Mm -hmm. where there is genetics, there is lifestyle, there is um, uh, obesity, the lack of exercise, Mm -hmm. multiple come together where the pathology behind them is there is some deficiency of insulin production plus some Mm -hmm. insulin resistance, a combination. Mm. Now, as the, um, uh, as the progression of type 2 diabetes continues, there will be more and more of insulin deficiency to the mm. p- fact that after a few years, some type 2 diabetics will end up requiring insulin, mm. but that does not make them uh, type 1. So mm. people think, mm. I got medication, I was in pills for a while, then I, uh, re- I'm requiring insulin. Now, have I become a type 1? No, you don't become a type 1. You're still a type 2. Insulin requiring type 2.
0: Mm. And
1: uh, uh, without a doubt, type mm. 1 diabetes is much more tougher to treat mm. because there's absolutely no support from the body. Whereas mm. in type 2 diabetics, there is some insulin production and we can supplement with pills or insulin or a combination of the two. Whereas in type 1, because there is no support from the body,
0: 100% of the insulin we give is what they get. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's very interesting to know that, you know, because I know there's a lot of confusion, especially, you know, with the type one, type two, and as you explained really well, is that, you know, especially for people who have been on, on pills for a very long time, I mean, with uh, type two diabetes, and when they start, they start on insulin, suddenly they, now they are, um, you know, start getting confused that, you know, what, what's happened and is it something, you know, something that, that I do that, you know, that made me take more insulin or was I, would I convert to type one? So that is really nice. For the way you explain things really well now the other thing a lot of times you know when people go for their annual physicals and things and they have you know go through that you know they have these labs and things done one of the things that is tested sometimes is the f- uh, fasting blood sugar so dr gotha uh, what is fasting blood sugar and uh, can stress affect uh, blood sugars sure so um, yes. When you go for an annual physical,
1: which is recommended for all adults, uh, their primary care doctor will say, order a set of labs, which are fasting labs. Fasting means it typically eight hours of fasting. So mm-hmm. for example, if you have your dinner and then go to bed and not eat anything from midnight onwards until 8 AM. So that eight hours of fasting is considered to be fasting. And the blood sugar that is then measured in the blood is called a fasting glucose. Now, Um, according to the American Diabetes Association, a fasting glucose of less than 100 is considered to be normal. Mm. Okay. So there is a continuum here of Mm. uh, any blood sugar between 101 to 125 is considered impaired fasting glucose. Mm. Another is pre-diabetes. It's called Mm. loosely called, but technically it is impaired fasting glucose. And Mm. if the blood glucose is more than 126 fasting on two occasions, then that person will be considered to be a diabetic. Mm. Now, the second part of your question about uh, stress, yes, stress can affect blood sugars. Now, stress is a factor where we cannot measure it. For example, mm. if I ask, are you stressed, Gauri? And you may say, yes, how much stress? Mm. And how much is compared to my stress? Is there mm. a measure of blood of the stress level? There isn't. Correct. It is what... Effective thing, right? But there are certain life situations that bring on additional stress, job situations that bring on additional stress. And these hmm. stressors do affect cortisol production in the body. And that can indirectly affect uh, the uh, insulin production, insulin resistance, hmm. and that can affect your blood sugars. Yes, there is no direct measure for it, but on that stress can affect the blood
0: sugars. Hmm. So that is really interesting to know that, um, you know, first of all, you know, knowing about the fasting blood sugars and, and the levels of the fasting blood sugars, and again, what they can indicate as well. So definitely, you know, when people do their annual physicals, it's always uh, good to know, you know, where they are with, with regards to all their, first of all, their labs and things, you know, those, those uh, markers and things. And, uh, to know that, you know, stress does affect the blood sugars and, you know, the, the cortisol effect on the blood sugars. So, um, that is, that is definitely, um, uh, Um, great information for a lot of our uh, viewers as well. Um, So a lot of times people also have this question, you know, um, why do I really need to manage my diabetes? So what if my blood sugars are high? Right, right. You know what, this was the ideology about 50 or more years
1: ago, that um, the blood sugar uh, rise in the body is a response Mm. to the stress or illness. And it's Mm. actually trying to to show that there is stress in the body and it's fighting off uh, the stress. Mm. It's just a stress that there was nothing bad about it. Mm. But then landmark trials came about, UKPDS mm. study mm. came about, ECT study came about, and that has shown that no, blood sugar is high is not a good thing for the body. It leads to long-term complications. Uh, there are microvascular and mm. macrovascular. Mm. So microvascular means um, uh, complications to the eye leading mm. to retinitis and blindness complications uh, to the nerve endings in the hands and the feet resulting in numbness and it can also lead to loss of sensation and people actually without that sensation uh, in their toes and uh, fingers can lose their feet they lose mm-hmm. the indications happen and um, another uh, important microvascular complication is kidney disease and uh, mm-hmm. renal failure will end up in dialysis in fact the number one cause of Kidney failure in America is diabetes. Hmm. Macrovascular complications are uh, heart disease, heart attacks and uh, strokes. So these are all uh, very, very important implications of diabetes um, control. Now, diabetes itself, when the blood sugars are high, is mostly an asymptomatic disease, meaning that Hmm. people don't have any symptoms. If uh, the blood sugars are gradually going up in the blood, whether your blood sugar is 100 Hmm. versus 50, Versus 200 or 250, people have no symptoms at all, and unfortunately, yeah. that's the reason why many people don't take care of their diabetes because mm. it's not affecting them. Unless the blood sugar goes beyond 300, then they have some thirst or you know they pee a lot or they feel achy. But otherwise, for the most part, it's asymptomatic. So it's important to realize the complications and start taking control of diabetes before it becomes too late.
0: Mm. So that's, that's very good to know that, you know, the, with the high blood sugars, you know, some of the long-term complications and to understand that why it's important for people with diabetes to actually control their blood sugars pretty early in life and not wait too uh, too much until, the, you know, it's actually going to cause symptoms and then take care of it. So, you know, that's a very important uh, tip for a lot of our viewers, especially with uh, diabetes, to know why it's important to control our blood sugars right now is to prevent those those uh, long-term complications. But then the question arises, Dr. Kotha, is that, you know, how can people prevent diabetes? True.
1: So type 1 diabetes, unfortunately, is not preventable. Hmm. Like I said, immune disorder, it, it actually what sets it off, we still don't understand. Uh, but when it happens, it again is a lifelong disease. We have not found a preventative uh, treatment or cure for type 1 diabetes. Hmm. Now, type 2 diabetes, like I said, it's a multifactorial disorder. Hmm. There is the sedentary lifestyle, unfortunately, weight gain, there's stress, there is um, high carb diet, hmm. uh, Western lifestyle, so to speak, hmm. and then the genetics. So, if there is a family history of diabetes, it can predispose you to develop diabetes. Now, among all these risk factors that I mentioned, the genetics is something that we cannot change, but the mm. rest, sedentary lifestyle, the weight gain, diet, uh, stress, these are all preventative factors, right? Mm. So in a way, you can tell that for the most part, if you pay attention to all these preventable or modifiable risk factors, you can prevent developing diabetes. So if you have a family history of diabetes, mm. you know, if you these principles and start working on diet and exercise and lifestyle care then we cannot say 100% but there is a big chance that you will not develop diabetes. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So that is good to know that you know especially with the modifiable and non-modifiable risk factors that you know the modifiable risk factors are more that means we can work on those modifiable risk factors and definitely prevent you know uh, with, uh, with diabetes that's absolutely great to know. Um, so question I have is, you know, when it comes to diabetes as well, is that is, um, is one ethnic group, uh, more susceptible to diabetes compared to the other, because there are a lot of these studies and things around. So what is your take on that? Sure. Definitely. That's where the genetic factors come into picture, right? So unfortunately, Asian
1: population, Southeast Asian population, mm. A huge genetic burden of uh, diabetes. So, that is why we see that more and more of our Southeast Asian population are developing diabetes because the genetics is something that we cannot modify. On mm-hmm. top of that, these modifiable risk factors are adding up, they're piling up with the Western lifestyle, high carb food, lack of activity, more stress with our work and our culture. Mm-hmm. So, all these are adding up on top of that, making them at a higher risk. In fact, um, a- Indian population, Southeast Asian population is one of the highest risk factors among other ethnicities to develop diabetes. Same thing we can talk about the um, Mexican population here, mm-hmm. you know, who are at higher risk for uh, diabetes. Um, so because of the native American uh, genes in them. So these are the ethnic uh, uh, groups that are at higher risk compared to the Caucasian population.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's, that's good to know about, you know, the risk factors and things as well. Um, One of the questions I definitely have for you, Dr. Kota is, you know, um, what is, you know, I, I know that you are a busy endocrinologist, you're a busy doctor and things. And for you yourself, what is a fitness routine or a fitness, you know, what is your fitness mantra that you follow for yourself?
1: Okay, for, for a long time, I did not have any fixed routine or schedule. I was just busy, you know, a working mom like you, running after the kids. And pretty much that was what was enough to keep me going. Uh, but as we all age, unfortunately, the metabolism catches to us, right? Mm. So it slows down and it makes us pause, think, and force us to develop a good lifestyle. And so for the last few years, what I have done. Consciously is to have an exercise routine every day. So for at least thirty to forty minutes, um, I take it somewhere from my life. You know, in the morning or in the evening, whenever it's possible, thirty to forty-five minutes of cardio activity. Mm. I I clock in about ten thousand steps a day. Okay, that is definitely a big thing. Recently, I've also started doing some um, ab exercises. Mm. Okay. So activity part of it. Second thing is um, diet. So I'm a vegetarian um, Mm. since childhood. So uh, I have because now that can be a drawback because (laughs) the protein content can be sometimes tough to incorporate in Mm. a vegetarian. So what I have done is consciously tried to cut down on the carbs, incorporate more plant-based protein Mm. and uh, vegetables in my diet and Mm. uh, down on the snacking also so these now i've always been very good about sleep <laughs> sleep hygiene i feel is very important because sleep is a very restorative and reparative process in our body no matter how busy we are if we sleep well when we get up we are refreshed so i think that it's a it's a learning process like i said for a while you ignore because you're you you're busy or you think you don't have time but i think life teaches you some lessons and you just have to incorporate certain healthy routines into your life
0: hmm. that's that's very interesting to know uh, dr kotha that you know one that you you're, you're pretty active you're you know you're Uh, trying to get at least 10,000 steps a day, then, you know, you talked about sleep, which is definitely one of the important, what I call important pillars of our health. And the third important thing you talked about, you know, the diet, uh, you have, you focus a lot on plant-based proteins and things, and you make sure they have enough vegetables and things in the diet. So definitely, you you know, you definitely touched base on, you know, the important routine, important things when it comes to um, the health and wellness as well. So, um, Dr. Kotha, what tips do you have for our viewers today? For wellness, generally? Yes, for wellness.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, uh, follow these three pillars of lifestyle. You know, there is uh, the um, physical health, Mm -hmm. there is the... Um, emotional health there is the mental health and general wellness in you know you have to put yourself out there in the center put yourself front of um, your priority list because more often than not um, women we put ourselves in the back burner and that doesn't help <laughs> our, for our family right we have to put our health and our wellness in the center incorporate whatever routine is suitable mm. for your life and your family, but um, definitely some kind of activity every day, whatever is, you can slowly ramp it up at your convenience, but mm. definitely incorporate some kind of uh, exercise in your lifestyle, because it is not a part of our daily activity, because of the kind of lives we live, right? Mm. is, We hardly walk at our work anymore. So unless we incorporate the activity, it's not there. So mm. definitely that and whatever the kind of diet you are a vegetarian or non-vegetarian try to please cut down on the fats and the carbs mm. incorporate vegetables and protein mm. and for snacking which can be a problem and for most of us try to do mm. vegetables, fruits mm. seeds nuts mm. Unprocessed snacking that will cut away a lot of the fats that we eat and mm. um, uh, definitely sleep sleep is mm. an important I always emphasize for all my patients also, uh, incorporate a good sleep routine. Finally, if you are into any kind of relaxation, whether it be meditation or yoga, relaxation, w- whatever it is, it need not mm. be religious, it need not be any particular thing, but have some downtime. Have some mm. downtime yourself and uh, that will help yourself heal and do well. So mm. it's an all-round
0: <laughs> kind of a <laughs> Absolutely, Dr. Kotha, you really touched on everything, every important aspect today, you know, with the health and wellness tips, you know, when it comes to, you know, taking care of ourselves, your activity, you know, our diet and things. So definitely, you know, all the important aspects you definitely covered really well with our our wellness tips and things as well. So Dr. Kotha, yeah, go ahead. I
1: want to add something here is um, don't fall trap for any shortcuts Hmm. because, Health is not um, a shortcut journey. It's a journey for life. If you make some dietary modifications, lifestyle modifications, make sure that you incorporate something that you can, you like, and that you can do for the rest of your life. Mm. If that's not, for example, if somebody wants to do a zero carb or a keto diet, mm. that is long-term sustainable. Mm. You cut You cut down on the fats, you eat more protein, eat more healthy food, but don't, completely stop a health group you know a food group mm. from diet that is not sustainable same thing if you want to suddenly start running a marathon I mean you can do that if you haven't done that before so slowly mm. and make it sustainable and don't fall trap for shortcuts health is not a shortcut somebody say you can lose 20 pounds in 20 days please don't do that it's not
0: That is definitely a good one, Dr. Kota. I mean, I I definitely will um, uh, say that this is really important, you know, to understand that, that, you know, we have not gained this weight in one day. It's not coming off in uh, one day as well. So that is definitely very nice of you to say that, you know, when especially that, you know, that health is not a shortcut. So we have to give a lot of, you know, importance to our health make it equally important. Uh, in fact, I say they're making that our highest priority is our right. health and wellness, because if our health and wellness is well-sustained, we can see ourselves well-sustained in long-term totally. as well. Totally. Okay. So um, Dr. Kotha, uh, do you have any update or any events and things that are coming up uh, from your, um, um, you know, from your practice and things that uh, viewers should know about? So I
1: have been in private practice for the last 13 years. So since my resi- uh, since I finished my fellowship in 2007, I've been practicing at the same location uh, in Bedford, you know, Gowdy. So I've been at the same place. Uh, and uh, five years ago, I have added a, a partner to my practice. So we are a two physician practice. With COVID, uh, we have also incorporated televisits mm. to maintain the distancing and still keep the continuity of care intact. Uh, But uh, we always welcome new patients into our practice. Um, As you have rightly mentioned in my introduction, I am really passionate about diabetes. Unfortunately, diabetes and obesity epidemic is is getting out of bounds, especially living in this obesity nation of Texas, right? So Mm -hmm. we see of insulin resistance and diabetes. And uh, everyone has a role to play to uh, prevent further uh, 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 uncontrolled diabetes from happening. So I try to keep abreast with the latest in diabetes technology, Uh, insulin pumps, continuous glucose monitors, the combination control IQ pumps. So I keep myself abreast with all of that. But at the same time, also know at the backbone of this is the diet and exercise. So Mm. we just uh, continue to embrace the latest without falling back on the backbone of Mm. the diabetes uh, control, which is the diet and exercise. So I try to do an all
0: rounder Mm. uh, patient. So, so that's our motto in our office as well. Okay, wonderful, uh, Dr. Kota. That is absolutely great to know that you know you have implemented telehealth and things as well. And with the with the current situation, it's definitely a plus to know you know with with patients, especially with diabetes. Sometimes you know we see that the immunity factor coming in as well, and to know that you know they, you have that availability so that patients feel comfortable with that as right. well. That's that's absolutely great. So, how do how do patients contact you, Dr. Kota?
1: So my office is in Bedford. It is right across the HEB hospital. And our office phone number is 817-786-8686. You can call any uh, business day when our office is open to make an appointment. Uh, Like I said, we always welcome new patients. And uh, I hope I always tell people when they try to contact me, I said, I hope you don't get to see me. I hope you don't need to see me. (laughs) But if you need to see me, um,
0: we are there. Okay. Okay. So uh, thank you, Dr. Kotha. It was wonderful chatting with you today, you know, discussing diabetes management and you, you know, you put, it, um, you know, put light on a lot of different aspects, especially, you know, what's the difference between type one and type two diabetes. What is the stress effect as well? You talked about, you know, all the important pillars of, you know, health and, you know, you gave wonderful wellness tips as well. So thank you so much for coming on our show today. And again, um, you know, giving us a lot of information with diabetes management. And I hope that our viewers today did learn something and got a lot of valuable information as well. So if you have any uh, questions or for example, or if you, want, if you have any family members and who would like to take a consult with Dr. Kotha, make sure to contact her. And thank you again for being on our show. And we hope that you know our viewers again, um, give us some recommendations regarding any other um, experts you would like to have have us on the on this show as well and as well uh, what are the different topics and things that you would like to learn more about so again you can always um, send us an email or you can give us a call and again um, thanks a lot for uh, listening to our show keep uh, tuning and keep listening to Wellness Bites with Gauri thanks a lot bye-bye
1: thanks gauri and uh, thank you for inviting me to the show i have also uh, listened to some of your podcasts and saw some of your broadcasts about uh, healthy tips wellness bites uh, recipes i've seen some of the good vegetables. Registered- <laughs> so keep going and keep rocking and to all all your viewers i would say stay safe and stay uh, healthy
0: okay thank you so much thank you so much dr kota it is always a pleasure to always talk to you and again get inspired
1: same here, Gauri. Take
0: care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You can now listen to our podcast interviews and podcast episodes on our website, www.iunutrition.com slash podcast. You can also listen to these episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. These are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, and many more channels. You can also access our Wellness Bites with Corey episodes on our YouTube channel at Ionutrition. So don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Ionutrition, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel at Ionutrition.